Welcome to Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast from Compass Counseling that asks the question, we all have mental health, how's yours? I'm Justin Lewis. All couples have disagreements and differences. The number of times a couple disagrees is not directly correlated to couple happiness, however. The thing that matters is not how often a couple disagrees with one another, but how they handle these disagreements. On this episode of Mapping Healthy Minds, I'm going to talk about this with Gottman-trained Compass Therapist Katie Englert and Scott Long, and we are going to discuss how a couple can appropriately handle disagreements. Welcome to the show, Katie and Scott. Hey, Justin. Hey, Justin. All right. So many couples come to us talking about problems uh, with conflict or arguing with one another. What do you guys think is behind uh, marital or couple conflict? Well, I think the number one thing behind that is that you're talking about two different people who want to be right. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's just kind of a natural way for people to not have the same ideas. I agree. I think sometimes two people want to be right and that overtakes the whole uh, part of the relationship. Uh It becomes more about being right than than ending the argument. Mm -hmm. Something that has been said, the question, would you rather be married or would you rather be right? (laughs) (laughs) And I think there's uh, some truth to that, right? Totally. Do you want to have a healthy marriage or do you want to feel like your opinion is the one that is right? So would a conflict between a couple be different than conflict with other people, do you think? We've talked about how being right is a, a major issue there, but can you see that couple conflict is any different? I believe it is. Um, sadly, with our spouse, we tend to be a little bit more, um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for here, but... Ourselves. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> than we would with the individual. Yeah, right. We feel a little more comfortable just mm-hmm. letting it all out there because we, in our minds, think, well, it'll always be there. Like we can treat them however they want and they're always going to be there, but um, that's not reality and that's not a good way to approach it, right? And another thing to think about, I believe, is that conflict is when two people's will bump up against each other, right? So being right is one of those things, but getting your way is another one of those things. And so if two people are living together, the chances of their personal wills bumping up against each other is much higher than if people... Definitely. Just associate with each other or friends or or even extended family or coworkers or something like that. So the opportunity for conflict is higher, I believe. So that's one way that it could be a little bit different. So let's talk about some of the interventions that can be used whenever a couple's going through a disagreement or conflict. What uh, what kind of things have y'all used in the past to help couples with this? So I always explain to men and women that some differences in general, I'm not saying every man, every woman, um, but that in most cases, for women, if you think about a picture of their brain as a bowl of spaghetti and something might be connected to something else, which has nothing to do with, with one thing and another. And for men, that's very difficult for most men. That's very difficult to understand Mm -hmm. because if we want to think about a woman's brain and emotional 
um, heart kind of being a spaghetti ball. Um, you might think of a m- most men, I'm being careful here, uh, <laughs> most men's brain um, as a waffle. So like they have a box for things, right? So they have a box uh-huh. for wife. They have a box for kids. They have a box for work. They have a box for baseball. They have a box for nothing. And women have let me repeat myself. Women do not have a nothing box. So it's really hard for women to understand and accept from men, what are you thinking about? Nothing. Because that's never the case for most women. Okay. And so I, I like to kind of start out with common differences that men and women experience before mm-hmm. we really even get into conflict resolution. So just kind of a, an explainer about people in general, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's helpful to kind of set the stage for what we're about to talk about when it comes to solving problems and conflict resolution. I know that's a little off topic, but I thought it was helpful. No. Yeah. So men compartmentalize, whereas women don't compartmentalize. I don't want to say anything offensive here. Women, uh, well, I just went straight on in for spaghetti and waffles. So that explains, that explains why. So women can't keep their minds straight. Is that another way of saying that? I would tread lightly, Justin. (laughs) That explains why when couples, I see the the wife often, often ask the husband, what are you thinking? And he's like, nothing, because that's impossible for typically a woman to be thinking about Mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're wired differently, so we're going to have different reactions to things. Sure. But like you said, they are stereotypes. Well, stereotypes exist for a reason. However, they are still stereotypes and not ultimate fact. So right. it could work in opposite directions based on uh, some different factors. Mm-hmm. So it's not 100% one way or the other, but it's worth looking into some gender typing I think whenever we're working with couples because I know for me I've seen it over and over so there's something to it right or even if it's not necessarily you know a hundred percent based on gender it could just be based on personality type so it would be it's worth taking a second to Mm. look at your personality and how you're going to respond to something before you get into solving problems Mm -hmm. okay yeah that's good so Whenever you get through that assessment period and you explain to them about, you know, they're wired differently, their brains are different, how do you get into that teaching about how to handle the disagreement? Um, I, I usually tell my couples, you know, that, that they, they will tell me often if one of their problems is communication and they argue a lot, you know, we talk about how arguing is not necessarily a bad thing if it can be a productive argument. Yeah, right. Yeah, the conflict in and of itself isn't necessarily the problem, but how you handle the conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I think that's an important thing for couples to know, too, whenever we tell them, hey, there's no like limit to number of times you can argue before your marriage is like in a failing state. It's more about how you handle the conflict versus how many times you have the mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm. So, right, and about communication styles and patterns outside of conflict. So, you know, if you're always having negative interaction, then conflict's probably going to be a little bit um, or a lot less productive than if you have positive interactions outside of conflict, then the way that that impacts your relationship is probably going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's do some nuts and bolts here. Let's say a couple is wanting to know how they can overcome some of these disagreements like, okay, we disagree on things all the time. 
what can we do to come to a conclusion here instead of just waiting until it fizzles out? Yeah. So by the time they get to us, usually they have a list, right? So they have yeah. a list of problems. So yeah. it's really helpful for us to go ahead and say, look at some things that are solvable or not, or, or that would be a harder problem to, to solve and start mm-hmm. with something that is solvable and start with one thing at a time. Um, typically, if you have more than one problem that you're facing in a relationship, it's really easy to spiral and say, well, you do this, will you do this, will you do this. So to choose one problem at a time mm-hmm. and work through it is typically where we like to start. And, and, you know, I think it's important, too, for couples, you know, once they get to that point where they are out of control, angry, to, you know, I usually let them know at that point, you're not going to be able to be productive in an argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Once the fight or flight sets in and, you know, there's clenched fist and hearts racing and you're screaming, it's it's only going to go south at that point. Right. So we talk about taking a time out. Yeah. Everything you say whenever anger is in control is the wrong thing, mm-hmm. basically. So I want to go back to what you said, Katie, when you said uh, solvable and insolvable problems. I think that probably got some attention from mm-hmm. some of our listeners about what does that mean? I thought everything was solvable. So whenever we talk about some problems that might be um, without solution, what do you have in What do you mean by that? Well, I think, you know, in Gottman, if you read any of his books, he talks about being gridlocked. And that is um, a really hard topic where you know for a fact you both have, like, fundamental differences on. Right. That's probably not the best place to start to learn how to improve your conflict resolution skills. Yeah. Um, A solvable problem might be, like, the flow of your family schedule or something, like, with... um, time spent at work, time you wake up in the morning, who take, who takes care of what, um, how you're going to, um, you know, parent, those types of things, how you're going to spend your time together, uh, financial issues. So there's all kinds of things that are solvable. Um, and picking one is tricky sometimes whenever mm-hmm. you're, um, it, when you're coming in and you're in a relationship place that is tough, you have a lot of things on that list. So yeah. choosing one right. is hard sometimes. For sure. And having a small win, I think of like the snowball effect, like having a small win with something mm-hmm. that's solvable mm-hmm. is very encouraging. Can roll on to the next problem in. Right. You can see that, oh, if, if I've done it one time, I can do it again, mm-hmm. basically. And so just a little bit more on those insolvable problems would be like things that personality differences, like someone's going to handle something in a different way. So they may handle it, may take care of it, but they're just going to do it in a different way. So you have to understand that's how this person is wired to do that. And it doesn't mean they love me any less or I can't be their spouse. And in a way, it's kind of freeing, I think, is to to know that there are some things out there that you shouldn't have to try to solve, right? So if you keep like banging heads on this thing over and over and just be like, all right, we're just going to give each other the grace to know that this is just who we are, we're different people. We still love each other. We still want to be with one another. But, but that's just one of those things we're going to have to overlook. So, yeah, I think that's an important point for couples. I think, Scott, you were saying whenever a couple is angry, then it's a good time to take a break from having a disagreement, right? Yeah, and that can be difficult because sometimes couples don't want to 
stop. You yeah. know, they, they want to finish. You, you know, want to get your point across. You want to have point the, across. the last word kind mm-hmm. of deal. Yeah. So taking a time out can be very difficult because there is that, that, um, want to keep on and finish this and get it, get it over. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that, when that set where you're that situation where you're really angry, you can't move on at that point in a productive manner. Right. So the best option is to agree that you're going to take a time out from this, right? And say, correct. we're going to take a time out for some period of time, but we're also going to return to this subject and discuss it still, but we're not going to flesh it out right now. And it's important to know that you're going to come back to it as well. I think right? that's really important because a lot of you know couples will tell me, I don't want to take a time out because I'm scared she's going to leave or he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. And not come back for, you know, so when we talk about a timeout, we're not talking about three days, you know, spending the night somewhere. We're talking right. about an hour, maybe 30 you know, minutes, yeah, 30 minutes to an hour to calm Go down, do your hobby for a little while, walk, or, uh, yeah, self soothe, mm-hmm. self soothe, yeah, <laughs> in a appropriate way, sure, yeah, it's important to note, I think, a little self care, right? It's popular, that's right. What do you think is the biggest barrier for couples when they're trying to deal with a disagreement? Feelings. Okay. Go on. <laughs> so um, a lot of times we feel, you know, we get overwhelmed with emotion or we feel um, when we're talking about a conflict, usually you're talking about a problem and what someone else is doing wrong and that someone else is your spouse um, mm-hmm. or significant other. And so... When you're telling someone they're doing something wrong a lot, mm-hmm. what happens? They become defensive. Yeah, for sure. And want to protect themselves. And mm-hmm. so when we are coaching couples um, on how to ha- be in disagreement or work through conflict, you know, we really try to have them avoid being defensive, um, being critical, stonewalling, mm-hmm. all those, the four horsemen, four horsemen. you know, that avoidance um the 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 four things that you know are really unhealthy over time um for couples to get caught in a pattern doing now we all have our favorite flavor of those if you're in a relationship yeah and it's going to happen from time to time but when you start seeing those things rear up it's a good um indicator for you that you need to handle the conflict differently Mm -hmm. and we have some tools for that right for sure uh, it's good to recognize, like you said, whenever those things are becoming a pattern. And uh, I've had couples I'm give them some kudos to come in when they see that they're taking that next step on their disagreements. And they're like, oh, we, we haven't gone there before, so we needed to take some action on it. So that's a good way to know that you need some extra help, I think, is if you see yourself as going to that next level whenever you're in an argument, making it personal or um, like you were saying, for those Listening may not know the Four Horsemen, but the Four Horsemen uh, is a Gottman um, theme that he sees if these things are present for a consistent period of time, then the marriage is in some pretty serious trouble. We could do a whole episode on that, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no question. One thing that um, I do with couples a lot is I do this thing that I call the conflict cycle, and I will illustrate out what I say is kind of the core of all their arguments and it comes from each person's I call it their button being pushed and that's whatever their kind of uh, insecurity is whenever that is pushed based on a perce- a perception or a reality 
then their defense mechanism comes out and then that defense mechanism sets off the other person's button and then their defense mechanism comes out and then you can see that it just goes around and around in a cycle. cycle. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that has been helpful whenever I talk to couples is to to find what that cycle is for them, what that looks like, uh, especially for them, and to recognize when they start getting that feeling, that insecurity is pushed, know that if I follow this, it's going to lead to going around in a cycle. Mm -hmm. So recognizing your feelings um, and being able to stop yourself whenever you sense that coming on is important in a lot of parts in life, but especially as we're talking today about the um, disagreeing with your spouse. Definitely. And I think starting to think more of a we when, we when we're experiencing conflict or feel that conflict come up instead of saying, this is my problem with you, mm-hmm. looking at it like, what is our problem? Our problem is this. Mm-hmm. And teaching couples, instead of saying, you're doing this wrong, looking at our problem together and saying, okay, here's a way I'm contributing to the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can really be responsible for. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. coaching them. Um, on how to do that specifically is something that is really helpful for a lot of our couples. Right. Yeah, that's that's a, another part that I add on to the, the cycle I was talking about is I say, hey, well, what kind of part of this can you control? You can't control the other person's behaviors, but you can control your own behaviors. So um, like you were saying, Katie, it's about taking ownership of your side and seeing yourself as a team rather than um, oppositions. You know, if you see it as we're a team and we want to figure out how to get through this conflict, you're more likely to succeed than if you're trying to defeat the other person. As we started off our conversation with is the the being right kind of deal. Right. I think another part it's important is listening. And, you know, in an argument, sometimes Mm, we get our feelings going and our heart racing and and we're not we're not listening because we're trying to come up with what we're going to say in our Mm-hmm. in our head next so it's a block to listening at that point so right yeah I think that's very true that listening is as important a part of communication as talking is when we hear communication we think about oh I need to figure out how I need to say this better but uh, learning how to listen to what's being said is even harder sometimes in a part that people don't think about as mm-hmm. much so um, that's a good point is being able to Uh, listen and learn some listening skills and that's something that I'm sure all of us work with the couple on can make a big difference it helps you feel like a team get that team aspect that you were talking about Katie yeah and I think for you know I even break it down super simple for my couples a lot of the time so we will come up with like one problem and then look at the problem like an experiment instead of, you know, kind of, you want to kind of depersonalize it a little bit mm-hmm. and, you know, really brainstorm together. Like, what have we tried in the past to fix mm-hmm. this? Like, right. what are the things we have tried and what are some wild options that may work? We don't know if they're going to work or not. And kind of make it like an experiment, something, a project, and, and then try go through the things and just try them until, mm-hmm. you know, you might find something that is kind of off the wall, but that works. Right. Yeah. So exploring what your individual strengths are as a couple that's unique to you could help out with that. Kind of depersonalizing it. Yeah. And bit. I think just taking that heat off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That goes into working as a team. Mm-hmm. Let's say a couple disagrees in public. 
<laughs> how would you uh, give a recommendation to how a couple should talk to each other and handle that discreetly in the moment? Personally, I think it's okay to disagree in public. I think it's okay to disagree anywhere, um, honestly. But if it starts to turn um, awkward, or if you're not sure if it's going to turn awkward, then I just ask people around you and they'll tell you. (laughs) Um, But if, you know, if you need to have a chat about, hey, we don't handle when we disagree in public, that's one problem. So what are some ways that we could work on that in the future? So like if we're out somewhere and we disagree if we should have nachos or cheese fries, Mm -hmm. then, you know, come up with something like we're going to flip a coin and this time you decide and this time I decide, unless Mm -hmm. it's dangerous. Right. Which nachos and cheese fries are not dangerous. So, well, I mean, they are to your, like, nutritional Depends self, on what level but, we want to go to, right. yeah. Um, but if you're if you're choosing, you know, have, have someone to, to have a way, a code word or a little method to decide or to just say, okay, let's talk about this over here or let's talk about this when we get home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, you know, like you were saying that, how you talk to each other in public matters, you know, one of the four horsemen is criticism. So if you're criticizing you know, in front criticizing of people, a lot and, bad, putting, yeah. and putting each other down in front of people, you know, then it becomes a, a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. Like name calling, mm-hmm. those types of things. Yeah. There's Belitt- a difference between a complaint and criticism, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Belittling and that sort of thing is something you want to avoid in public. So if you disagree about something you can wait until you're in the um, confines of your own home to, to discuss it or to consider what it would be like if the other person treated you that way, right? right. Go to the old, uh, the old treat someone how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a, the good, probably the best thing to think about is that, Justin, because chances are if you are someone who calls your significant other or spouse names out in public, you're not gonna get invited very many places makes people uncomfortable yeah definitely. Um, and if you're not sure asking like a best friend or a family member um would be a good way to ask about that before you're in a public situation mm-hmm. um or even just to have a conversation with your spouse about that um how do we handle disagreements when we're outside of the home like mm-hmm. do we do that well or do we do that poorly right yeah so just have that talk about it up when you're calm yeah <laughs> when you're calm that's right Exactly, like you said, after you've had a timeout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think we've covered some good ground here. Do y'all have anything else you'd like to add before we close it uh, close it up for today? I would just say that, you know, it is very common and it's going to happen. If you're in a relationship, you're going to have conflict. You're going to disagree. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing it well and you can't get it right, to not wait until things are mm-hmm. terrible mm-hmm. to have someone help you, whether that is, you know, uh, a family member, a friend, a pastor, a, a therapist, um, I mean, a mentor, wh- whoever, mm-hmm. um, reach out for help sooner rather than later because it's learned behavior on how to handle these things. Sure. And if you're not taught how to do it, um, you're not going to just know when you get married. That's right. You don't yeah. like download this set of knowledge when you get married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that is true. <laughs> you either learn it or you learn it the hard way. You learn what you don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think as therapists, sometimes we get so caught up in teaching this that we know it. And so we're surprised 
other people don't know. With other people don't know because we've done, <laughs> we've gone over it so much. So, but yeah. it it definitely not something that that you're always taught. Yeah, I think that that's good advice, Katie. Is you don't have to wait until you're getting to those uh, danger levels. You can come in and learn the tech tactics anytime. Right? right. And I think a danger level, it opens up a brand new door here, Justin. So if you're having an argument and conflicts that are dangerous, then you should immediately reach out oh, yeah. Um, yeah. for was, help. And we have a lot even... of community resources all over the state that can help with that. So, sure. I mean, there's a difference in violence and abuse and conflict. So yeah, for sure. Two totally different things. And I wasn't even thinking about physical danger when I said it that way. But yeah, that is true. It's a good, good point to be made right there. There is a there's a difference in those things. So I'm glad you said that. Well, thank you for joining me today on this episode. I think thank we got you, some Justin. good stuff out here and hopefully this will help some couples with their conflict management and how to disagree with each other. Just a reminder, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional counseling. For personalized therapy, you can contact us through our website. We offer both face-to-face and telehealth. All information about services we offer can be found on the aforementioned website, compasscounselingky.com. Mapping Healthy Minds is recorded in the Compass Building on 2204 Kentucky Avenue, hosted and produced by me, Justin Lewis, and made possible by Compass Counseling. Theme music is by Daniel Niehoff. We all have mental health. How's yours?